0: Uh, that talks about uh, shepherds. If you want to follow along, it's on page 865. I'm going to read it the whole chapter uh, for us. Let, let me give you a moment to find it. Page 865. Ezekiel chapter 34. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals. But you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherds. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forests in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, and with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord.
1: Amen. The reading this evening is from the book of John, chapter 10. Uh, which is on page 1076. Um, but uh, we're going to start the reading at chapter 9, verse 24, and go through to uh, chapter 10, verse 10. That's page 1076. 1076. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What, are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full.
2: Thank you very much, Matthew, for reading for us. Um, Does it puzzle you sometimes how there can be such a distinction, such a a difference in the way that people respond uh, to the Christian faith? Uh, some people sort of gallop in uh, with understanding and, and grasp hold of Christianity, and other people uh, just want nothing to do with it. Uh, I guess, you, you know, you may be a Christian, you may not be a Christian, and that can still puzzle you, can't it? Um, how some people seem to to take hold uh, of faith, um, and others fail to. We heard a bit about that last night, uh, Graham Daniels uh, describing how, as a, a young professional footballer, um, he began to... To, to come to an understanding uh, of Jesus, uh, but then teammates around him who just thought he had gone completely barking. Uh, that contrast, uh, the way that people react. Well, it has it, been ever thus, and uh, we see something of it um, in this, uh, this section of John's Gospel. Uh, if you still got it open in front of you, I hope you have, uh, flick back to chapter 9, uh, even a bit earlier than Matthew uh, read Back in verse 16, uh, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Uh, and Jesus tells us that's what we should expect, that kind of division, uh, as he speaks and people respond to him. Uh, we get in, in that funny, sort of slightly... Enigmatic, kind of slightly puzzling statement uh, that came at the end of the chapter that we did read, verse 39. For judgment I have come into the world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Well, what's that about? Weird thing to say. It's not entirely clear at first what he means by that, is it? And and I think that's partly the point, isn't it? When Jesus says those sort of funny phrases, I think he's deliberately trying to unbalance us, unsettle us, try and get us to think, hang on, could I be blind and not realise it? And I might need to see, and I don't even realise that. Could I be someone who thinks they see? Sure, I've got everything clear, and actually I'm spiritually blind and I don't know it. Is intended to, to sort of unnervous uh, in that kind of way. Well, so let's see how this section uh, of John's Gospel plays out. This interaction that Jesus has, uh, full of very famous uh, little sayings and images. So I've got four headings: um, uh, as we understand and listen, uh, and beware and follow. Uh, those are the sort of four headings. So first, understand that this is a long predicted leader. Uh, the, the reason that we had that long reading from uh, Ezekiel uh, and indeed a verse at the very beginning of the service uh, back from Numbers um, was to help to, to sort of stack up for you just a few of the many places in the Old Testament where this imagery of, of the shepherd um, is made clear. So Moses was saying, oh, we, we, need, we need someone to take on from me. When I'm no longer around, what do we need? We need a shepherd who'll go in and out, using that imagery of shepherd for for a leader uh, for God's people. Uh, And then as we go through uh, the kings who who reigned over the people of Israel, they were often described as shepherds. Um, And God himself described as a shepherd, isn't he? Think about that most famous of Psalms, perhaps, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But what we also discover is that as we move into the prophets, there's lots of criticism of the shepherds. You caught that at the beginning of Ezekiel chapter 34. Here are people leading God's people, but they're doing a really bad job. They're being really bad shepherds. So in the beginning of Ezekiel 34, "'Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves! Should not shepherds take care of the flock?' But as well as that thread of criticism in Ezekiel 34, you also get the anticipation, and you you maybe caught that as well, the anticipation of something much better. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness." I will bring them out from the nations, gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. You you can't miss the emphasis, can you, within that? I will do it. You know, these shepherds, these people who've led you, they failed looked after themselves, not looked after the sheep. Well, in replacement of that, I'll do it instead. Now, that may or may not have been in your mind as we came to John chapter 10. Depends how well you know the Old Testament. But you can be sure that it was in the minds of Jesus' original hearers, Jews who would have known their Old Testament very well. So as Jesus begins to describe himself as a shepherd, as he begins to use shepherd imagery, well, they know exactly where he's going. He's making remarkable claims, stunning claims. I am the one you've been waiting for. I am the leader that you need. I am the one that God declared would come. For in me, God has finally and fully realised this great promise that he would come and he would be the shepherd of his people. It's it's a climactic moment. It's a really big thing that Jesus is saying in this moment. So given this great fulfilment moment, how should the people respond? Okay, second heading. Uh, Listen, this is an intensely personal voice. Let me read again the the, the opening section. Very truly, I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. You must have heard that most famous story of the shepherd who is in his field looking after his sheep when a very large, slick Uh, Audi, swoops up alongside the field uh, and screeches to a halt and a a man in a very slick suit jumps out. Uh, And he leans over and he sees the shepherd standing there and he says, "Um, excuse me, if I can tell you exactly how many sheep are in this field, will you give me one of them? And the shepherd leaves on his staff and he says, well, all right. And with that, the man whips out his iPad uh, and he starts tapping away Uh, And uh, he swoops into some sort of satellite system. And before long, he's he's taken an image of the field. And then he's uploaded it uh, to some complicated Excel spreadsheet, uh, which uh, he's populated with very complex formulas. And there's a bit more tapping and a bit more. And then he turns to the shepherd and he says, In this field, there are precisely 1,597 sheep. And the shepherd won. Well, shepherd says, "That's that's correct. You can have your prize." So the man get, gets his gets his animal, shoves it in the back of the car, and he's just about to drive off uh, when the shepherd says, "Hang on, fair's fair. If I can tell you exactly what job you do, can I have my animal back?" And the man says, "Yeah, all right, fair enough." And he says, "Well, it's blindingly obvious. You're a management consultant." And the man says, how did you know that? How did you guess? And he said, it wasn't a guess. It's perfectly straightforward. You arrive at my place of work uninvited. You tell me things that I already knew in answer to questions that I had not asked. And you clearly know absolutely nothing about my business. So give me back my dog. <laughs> now, why do I tell you that story? Good question. <laughs> Well, partly because it's funny, but also partly because my guess is when it comes to the business of shepherding, most of us are just about as ignorant as the management consultant in the story. Not many of us have lived on a farm, not many of us have been shepherds. And even if we do have a mental image in our heads of the way it goes with shepherding, it's probably from the Welsh Valleys, um, with shepherds with their dogs running around clipping uh, at the sheep's heels. But first century shepherding was not like that. Uh, Most of the shepherds would just... They'd be little family businesses. And they'd just have a few sheep that they looked after. Uh, And overnight, in order to keep their sheep safe in the village, they would gather them all together in large sheep pens uh, where sheep from several families would all gather together. Uh, And that way they could have economies of scale and they just needed one watchman. Uh, who would stay on the gate through the night, keep the sheep safe. But what that meant was in the morning, each of the shepherds would arrive, the the gateman would recognize the shepherd because he knew them all, uh, let that shepherd in. But then he's got the task of calling out his particular sheep. And there's none of that branding business or those little plastic pegs on the ears to distinguish between the sheep. No, 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 the, the sheep would know the shepherd's voice. He would call, and the sheep would recognize and come to him. He would call, and he would lead them out, just his own particular sheep. Now, if that sounds a little far-fetched to you, then go meet some farmers who know the ability of animals to distinguish a voice. I was listening to to somebody who was brought up on a farm and said that sometimes when... um, Uh, Lambs were born and their their mother had died in childbirth and uh, his sister used to raise uh, the sheep, bottle feed them. And he said throughout the entire of the rest of that lamb's life, even as it grew up into a sheep, uh, it would recognize his sister's voice uh, whenever she was calling in the field. So here are sheep who know their shepherd's voice hear him and follow him out. It's intensely personal, very individual. Jesus, the good shepherd, speaks. He tells us things about himself. He calls us. He invites us to follow him. And what kind of sheep are we? Hear the voice? Follow him out? Or the voice is just noise? No response, nothing stirs. Did you see that that's happening this evening? Tonight, you and I are hearing the voice of Jesus Christ. We're seeing what he's saying to us about following him, about obeying him, about pursuing him as our shepherd. And a division is taking place. Even this evening, in this hour, some are hearing and the voice is personal to you. You know that he speaks to you. You know that he calls you out. And you sense that it is right and proper to respond. But but alongside you perhaps is sat somebody uh, for whom this voice is just noise not persuaded, not hearing, nothing inside us moving. It is personal, this. You heard? You know what we're speaking of here? Uh, For me, the the time came when I was uh, uh, in my early 20s. First time I came to listen to Jesus Christ first time I read through an account of his life and realized that I was hearing somebody speak with a voice unlike any voice I'd heard before. I I realized that these were words that were being spoken by a man with a character unlike anyone that i had ever met before. And, And in that hearing, scary as it was, I realized that if I did not respond to this voice... If I didn't hear him, follow him, I would regret it for the rest of my life. So those 30 plus years ago, I chose to follow the one who was calling me out. There is something very basic about this, isn't there? I mean, do you see that? I mean, Jesus speaks, his word is heard, and you and I follow, or we don't. I mean, that is at the heart of Christian discipleship, isn't it? I mean, that, that's what it is to be a disciple. It is a follower. Uh, and if, you, if you've kind of lost thread of that, maybe you've been a Christian for a lot of years, but somehow you've lost sight of that most essential element of being a Christian, which is that you have chosen to follow Jesus, which is when he speaks, when you hear his voice, you go after him. You hear what he says and you follow can't get more basic than than that so is he the one that leads you morning by morning when jesus comes and speaks do you attend listen say that's the voice that i'm going to follow through this day and every day or is there another voice whispering in your ear Uh, come to a third heading beware this isn't the only voice that is calling. There, there's a contrast, isn't there, in, in the first verse of chapter 10. Uh, probably you caught it. Very truly, I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. You, you remember the image. There's, there's a watchman looking after all of these sheep in this, in this big sort of communal sheep pen. Well, he knows the shepherds, and he'll let them in because he recognizes them. Oh, yeah, Um, fine for them to come in. But if you want to get in and you're not an authentic shepherd, well, you've got to climb over the wall. You've got to sneak over in the dark and he hopes that he doesn't spot you as you try and pinch some sheep uh, or get up to whatever mischief. And the reason that we know a thief or an imposter is because they aim to take the sheep away from the true shepherd. That's how you know a false teacher, isn't it? They lead you away from Christ, or at least away from the Christ of the Scriptures. And in the context of the passage, it's clearly the Pharisees that Jesus has got in mind here. Um, You you probably know this, but uh, when the Bible was originally written, there were no chapter divisions, uh, they got introduced much later. Um, and generally, they're helpful uh, to, to just organize uh, us as we read through. But every now and again, they're, they're kind of plonked in a slightly awkward place. Um, and that's true of chapter 10. Um, not a great division here. Because actually, the, the flow runs straight through. You remember what's been going on? Jesus has healed a blind man, and that created this division. Um, because instead of rejoicing at a blind man being healed, which you'd kind of think is the obvious thing to do, the Pharisees are getting themselves in a tiz because the healing took place on a Sabbath. It's the strangest of contrasts. Here's a blind man who knew nothing, but sees and believes, and then here are the Pharisees who know so much, but seem to be able to see nothing, and refuse. And that's the contrast that came at the end of chapter 9. For judgment I have come into the world, Jesus says, so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and said, what, are we blind too? To which Jesus replies, and see how this flows, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, Your guilt remains. Very truly, I say to you, Pharisees, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. See how it flows straight through. Jesus is not mincing his words here. Beware of people like that, he's telling us. And beware of becoming Someone like that. Beware of leading people away from the one true shepherd through your own error. Uh, And the blindness sight kind of metaphor gives way to the hearing uh, speaking metaphor, doesn't it? Because as we've seen, uh, Jesus' sheep hear his voice, they know his voice. They hear it, they recognize it, and they follow him straight away. But you see what's happening in verse 6? The Pharisees can't make head or tail. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them about. It's lived out in their, in their lives, in that very moment. It's a tragedy on lots of levels, um, not least because of the final heading that I have, follow This is an abundantly full life. I need to take you back into the shepherd business again, um, because now we've got a different bit of sheep business going on. Okay, now we're not in the village picking up the sheep in the morning. Um, Now we're out in the business of the day. All right, we're up in the hills, uh, sorting out all that pasture business. I'm talking like I know stuff about this. You know I don't. You know I've read it in a book. Um, I've never been a shepherd. You know that. But anyway, um, they're good books. Um, so they're up in the hills now, okay? Um, and you've got to look after the sheep during the day. Um, but you stay out there overnight sometimes. And so what you do is, is you form a little enclosure, uh, maybe of thorns, um, so that you keep your sheep all in one place. But it's not, it's not sort of like the Lake District. It's not sort of dry stone walls with nice sort of hinged gates and all that sort of business. It's just a rough enclosure, made up of thorns, and it's got a gap uh, so that the sheep can get in and out. Um, But what does the shepherd do at night? Well, he lies down and sleeps in the gap because that's what he needs to do. That way, he's in the doorway, the gate, to this little thorn enclosure, which means that wolves can't come in, but nor can silly sheep wander out. He is the gate. Now, with that image in mind, listen to uh, the the next section uh, from verse 7. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. You, You catch the image? He's looking after us through the day and he looks after us through the night. When it's time to go find pasture, he leads, we follow, takes us to good places to eat. When it's time when we need safety, he takes us back in, puts us in the enclosure, keeps us safe. He does everything we need, takes us in, takes us out, looks after us. Spiritual security and spiritual nourishment. It's the full life. It's everything you need spiritually. Spiritually. When he says that they might have life and have it to the full, he means spiritually full. It's not the guarantee here that, that if you become a Christian, uh, you're guaranteed to be healthy um, and die in your sleep at the age of, uh, of 84 uh, and be wealthy all your life. Uh, it's no promise of material well-being. It's promise of spiritual well-being. He'll make sure that you're fed, spiritually. He'll make sure that you're safe spiritually. He will make sure that you have eternal life with him. Uh, That's his promise uh, of abundant life. We get preoccupied, don't we, with so many things, so many things that we think represent the abundant life, the full life, Uh, whether it is wealth or being popular or succeeding academically or in a career or having the right sort of relationship. We get preoccupied with comfort, with feeling significant, <coughs> uh, with our educational progress. When all the time our true need is to be spiritually secure And to have somebody who will lead us as a shepherd. Tell us where we should go. Tell us how we should live. As we finish, can I just say, there there are so many voices competing for your attention this week. There'll be lots of voices, won't there, speaking to all of us over these coming seven days. Uh, and perhaps the voice that will speak most will be your own voice. Now we chat to ourselves quite a lot, don't we? Not out loud, but in our heads, telling ourselves all sorts of things. W- what voice will you hear most clearly this week? What voice will you determine to follow this week? Uh, I want to speak to two Groups of people uh, as we finish. Um, To those of you who have been Christians for a long time, can I ask, have you forgotten the essential simplicity of what it is you decided when you committed yourself to follow Christ? You became a disciple, you became a follower, you committed yourself to hear his voice. You followed him out. Will you continue to hear him? To go where he directs, to do what he commands. Is that clear for you? It's not complicated to be a Christian. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's not complicated. But I also want to speak to those uh, who may not yet uh, be calling themselves followers of Christ, may not yet have determined to be disciples. Because this would be a great moment to do that, wouldn't it? Intensely personal, this voice from Jesus. Uh, And maybe it could be just one person here this evening uh, for whom you know that there has been a profound spiritual blindness. But bit by bit, that blindness has passed and you do see and you can hear and you sense that Jesus' voice is calling you to come out to follow him from now on. Well, tonight would be a great night to land that. Let me suggest that uh, we'll be quiet for a moment. Uh, wherever we are as we come Uh, to things this evening Um, there'll be things for us to think about as we attend to this voice that is speaking it divides us so let me give you a moment of quiet and then I'm going to lead us uh, in a prayer in a prayer it is a prayer that if you wanted to echo it in your heart uh, you could use uh, this prayer uh, to take that decision uh, to attend to the voice of Jesus and follow him for the very first time. Lord God, like a wandering sheep, I recognize that I have not listened or followed your voice. Thank you that in my spiritual need, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, Has come to lay down his life, even for such as me. And tonight, as I hear his voice calling me, I determine to listen and follow. please would you give me this life to the full that you promise that I might live to your praise and glory. Amen.